Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Gay With God podcast, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Or are we still searching? The stories you hear on this podcast will melt your heart and strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible and you can be authentically gay with the God of your understanding. I'm your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Gay With God podcast. I'm Midge Noble, your host, and I'm so excited to be with you today. So I want to give you a few updates. So tomorrow I will be at an author event for Publish Your Purpose in Hartford, Connecticut. So I'm so excited to be a vendor. I'm excited to be able to showcase my books for the first time since um, I started writing this memoir two years ago. So I'm very excited to have it done, to have it out in the world, and to start to let it be what God had always intended it to be. And I may not have the big picture of that. I know what I would like it to be as far as a help to our community. And I'll talk about that a little bit more later and about why I even wrote the memoir to begin with. But today, I just want to let you know that if you want to stay tuned to some events that may be happening post-launch in your community, Follow me on Facebook, Midge Noble. Um, I am on Instagram. Sometimes I post there about things, but I'm mainly posting on Facebook. So join me there or check out Instagram because some things will be posted there as well. For now, I know that if you're local, I will be at Four Saints Brewing Company on October 21st at 2 o'clock where you can hear me speak about my memoir and also get a signed copy at that event. I have pre-recorded an interview with Dale Likens on his podcast, Hear It From Me, and he will be posting that the first week of October. And fun, 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 my publisher, Jen T. Grace, is going to be interviewing me here on the Gay With God podcast, and that's coming up on October 9th. I will then be on her StreamYard podcast for authors specifically on the 25th, and I will let you know about that link if you want to hear me live on her show. I can just hear my mama saying, well, if I've heard you once, then I know what you're going to talk about. But I can promise you that I fly off the cuff. And depending on what questions I get asked, there are different answers that I'm going to give. So I'm not saying that it's a scripted thing for sure. And you may hear a lot of different things in different interviews. So just stay tuned. And I really do want this to be an integrated and community event. So when I launch this book, I want it to also be our book. I want it to be something that you can then use for whatever purpose you have. So if you want to zoom me in to your group, to a dinner party, um, to your church, email me at empoweredmidge at gmail.com and I would love to come and tell my story for your people that you're around most of the time that I don't even know. So let me access your people and tell my story and be able to get some books signed for people that you know. Visibility is the key that we get this book in front of as many people as we can so they will have the opportunity to see how one person 
came through all the trauma that I've come through to get to the other end and that I was able to reclaim my faith. I was able to honor the story that was my life. So if you're too far away from me for me to actually get to you, zoom me in. And I can be zoomed into your book club, to to a dinner party. I actually did zoom into a dinner party during COVID for my dear friend who was Jewish, and he had me come to his Passover Seda, and I was on Zoom, and they ate their stuff, I ate my stuff, and it was great. I had a wonderful time. So I'm talking today specifically about the visibility of our LGBTQIA plus community, and why is that important? Well... First, I need to tell you why I wrote this memoir. And the first reason I wrote it was because I always felt so isolated from people because of who I was. And even before I knew that I was gay, I felt this isolation of that I was somewhere around a bunch of people that were not like me. Well, they were all Caucasian. They were all labeled Christian. They were labeled family members. They were labeled friends. However, I never really felt the same feelings they felt. I didn't get excited about dating boys. I didn't understand why there was so much bigotry in my family and why why there were jokes told about different people who were different than me. And so I felt isolated in a way that I just didn't feel the same things that everybody else felt in my school or in my church or in my family. I am sure that there are people listening now that can be in a full room of people or at a family gathering and you just feel like you're isolated and that you don't fit in, even though they're your family or dear friends of yours, that there's something a little different. And that difference, I think, is because we're holding our authenticity back. Everybody else can just be themselves and make these comments and talk about their dates. And even if you went on a date, even if you knew you were gay and you had some date with someone, but you can't talk about it because nobody would understand. And even if you passed it off as a friend of mine and I went, you knew it was different than that. You know how the intimacy was different than that, but you were isolated by not being able to tell anybody else about it. The second reason that I wanted to write this memoir was because of the religious doctrine that I was taught from the beginning of time of my birth, because I had a grandfather who was a minister, my uncle was a minister, and we didn't get to hear my uncle preach as often as my grandfather because he lived up in the mountains and my papa was usually closer to us sometimes, and we would go to his church. And so I was fed that doctrine of abomination and homosexuality and all of those things that made the life of a Christian very small so that you couldn't do this and you couldn't do that. You know, we couldn't go to movies until I was 16 years old. We couldn't go on dates until I was 16 years old. And even when we could go to movies when I was 16, I had to double date with my sister and we had to have a G-rated movie. So we were very closed in the experiences we were allowed to have. We only had one car for the longest time. And so when daddy coached his ball games, we went as a family to daddy's ball games. The only time I saw my high school team play was when my team played daddy's team. And then, of course, that was just horrendous to try to figure out who to cheer for. And so I either cheered for both teams or I didn't cheer at all. 
But that doctrine that we were taught, and it was so specific, and my father always honored my grandfather's wishes. So if Papa didn't want us to play cards or go to movies or go to wherever, we didn't go. Now, we did play cards when Papa wasn't at our house, and so there was some hypocrisy going on, but Daddy stayed pretty firm with what Papa believed was right for girls. And then when we turned 16, my dad negotiated that G-rated movies were safer than being in the back side of the car. And of course, Papa's comment was, well, then you can just have them date at the house like proper girls. <laughs> so anyway, they, they did negotiate and we got to go to G-rated movies. But that, that was a big chunk of my adolescence spent basically with my family and not in social community with people. I wanted that religious doctrine that I was taught to be expanded upon. I'm not saying I've thrown everything out, but I have been able to learn that the Greek words being misinterpreted is a real thing, that the Bible written as the inspired word of God and having to take it literally is not really helpful and is not really true when you do it that way. So since I have expanded my religious understanding, I wanted my now faith to be able to reclaim that I can be gay and I can be beloved and have always been beloved by God. And I wanted other people who are dealing with that same religious dogma and bad doctrine to know that they have an opportunity to open and expand their understanding of God and the Bible and our community and see it in a different light. The next reason that I wanted this memoir out there is because of the feeling of unworthiness. And I wanted people to see that we are worthy. We are created by a divine being, in my opinion, and we are worthy from birth. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to do anything to get it. We are already worthy in God's eyes. And I want everyone in our community to understand that even when we don't fit in, even when policies are going against us, even when hate is fueling our country right now, that doesn't change the fact that we still have a right to be authentically us and be, have all full rights in this country and we will continue to stand and speak up and stand out so that people can see and that's the visibility part to see that we are worthy we are tax-paying adults who have families who go to church who love nature who drive smart cars i mean we we definitely contribute to this country and the visibility has to be present for us to be able to continue to move closer and closer to when all people of all races, colors, genders, and sexuality are seen with equity and equality. I also spent many, many years depressed and that depression led to overeating, it led to suicidal ideations, gestures, thoughts, plans, and it was horrific. Since my drug of choice was sugar, it did not kill me immediately, and it did not look like it was a problem to anybody else, but I've learned that my eating disorder has a lot to do with my lack of authenticity and 
just coping. So the anxiety I felt, the depression I felt, I ate my feelings instead of using it for fuel. And other people may get addicted to drugs or alcohol and, you know, or shopping. But the abuse of things, whether it be food or drugs or alcohol or shopping or whatever it is, we often will do those things instead of dealing with the actual feelings or the actual issue. So visibility helps us to be able to say our truth and see other people out there, even if we can't say it yet. For If I had seen any other gay people living regular lives and reg- doing regular things earlier on, it might have helped my journey be less traumatic and go faster but I didn't have role models I didn't have anybody to hold on to to say oh look they're gay and they're doing their thing and and it's fine I think the generation coming behind me have a little bit more awareness but if you are also raised in a very religious family this um The sin part, them calling us a sin or the sinful nature of that is the other part of why I couldn't come out earlier than I did because I really couldn't rectify the damnation hellfire part of it. So you can be in today's generation and still be so scared of the ultimate hellfire. And that's what I wanted to be able to show people is that this this is not normal for us to believe that we were created to only go to hell. Because those of you in this community know that we didn't just make this gay thing up. We didn't just get up one day and decide, hey, I'm tired of being a heterosexual. I think I'll be gay. No. You know, and I've always said, who would choose this, really, to be maligned in churches and and in nations and countries and, and not have the equal rights that we deserve? You know, no. I wouldn't have necessarily chosen that had I known it, but yet I am proud to be gay, and I am proud to be a Christian, and I am proud to be the kind of Christian that is awake to knowing that I am not an abomination to God, and I do have the right to reclaim my faith and to honor my story. The biggest why that I had was the fact that Writing this memoir may save a life. And I'm not just being dramatic. There are people who are planning their death because they are tired. They are scared. And they do not know how to either come out to their very religious families. They do not know how to be authentic. They do not know that it's okay that they're gay. And they may have, as I did, covered up all of their truth with some sort of addictive behavior. It breaks my heart that I had to live through that, and it breaks my heart that people are living through that now, that they just don't know how to put it all together, and dying and killing themselves is going to be their relief. I don't want that for you, and I don't want that for any of the other people out there that may hear this podcast or that people that you may know now that are struggling. I don't want that to happen. Visibility creates awareness. Awareness that gay people 
are regular people living their lives, paying taxes, raising families, doing their thing in their communities to support others and to donate their time and their money often to do things to improve other people's lives. Visibility creates awareness. Awareness creates conversations. So once we know better, as Maya Angelou said, you know, we do better. We have to have awareness of a problem before we can address it. So awareness is when we get to have those conversations that that, that word in the Bible wasn't even there until 1946. That's when they started using the word homosexual as in same self-love. Why was it not until 1946? Conversations like, well, what did Jesus say about homosexuality and same-sex love? Hmm, that would be nothing. Huh, that's interesting. Well, those conversations and that awareness will spark those conversations. And then those conversations creates empathy. There are people that absolutely were on the side of all gay people were going to hell until I had conversations with some of them. And then they started to understand my plight and how hard it was to be gay, and how I wouldn't have never chosen that (laughs) for myself early on, because that would be silly, really. So I didn't choose it. And they start to have empathy for why I get so nervous around politics, why I'm so scared to death of what some politicians are claiming they're going to do if they get into office, what has already happened with politicians in office when it comes to gay rights and our safety and our women rights and, you know, of course, for everybody. So, yes, it starts to bring empathy into the lives of people that they didn't understand they needed to open their hearts a little bit more and open their minds a little bit more and get more information. Then empathy creates change. Once your heart's been touched, you have to usually do something about it. And that's when we start to have the changing in thoughts and then policies and then laws. So laws don't come about before empathy changes something. And anger helps because that kind of fuels it. But we can't just be out there being angry. We have to let that anger at the inequality fuel us only so that we can get people to be empathetic about our plight. So that has to all kind of be a very nice balance and dance and you know, Dr. Martin Luther King did it really well where he got visibility, marched over that bridge, went to meetings. That visibility started bringing in other people of different races and genders to say, hey, this is not right because they were then empathetic to the plight of the black community and they wanted it to be changed. And so they continued to march. They continued to stand. They became more visible, and that's when things started to change. So if you look at the things that I said we needed, visibility, awareness, conversations, and empathy, that is V-A-C-E, face. I know that V and F are two different letters. However, I love the fact that we can look at, just say the word face, and that's visibility. Because when you see me, when you really, really see me, 
You're not just looking at the outside of me. You're looking inside of me. You can see me. And that's when our LGBTQI plus community can use that visibility to validate our existence on this planet and to validate our journeys. If your journey right now is difficult because you feel isolated, because you feel depressed, and you're scared to take the next step, reach out to me at empoweredmidge at gmail.com and let's have a conversation. And thank you, everybody, for supporting this podcast, for sharing, subscribing, wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to see more information and links to connect with me, go to the Gay With God show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com or just email me at empoweredmidge at gmail.com. Check out our Facebook group, Gay With God, where we do a monthly Zoom group, and that next Zoom group for the Faith Journey group is October 9th at 6.30. And we are doing one more Ask Me Anything. The Ask Me Anything group will be on 10.12 at 7 p.m. And that week, that week of launch, or probably the week before launch, I'm going to be able to, in that Gay With God Facebook group, I'm going to be giving them a special link to get the ebook free if you will uh, do a review for me so um, stay tuned to that if you want to be a part of that group find the gay with god facebook group on facebook and answer all the questions so i can invite you inside and you can take part in that special early launch ebook link i also want to remind you that there's a special group by keith brown um, for our LGBTQ plus community called Wipeout Trauma. And uh, that group will help you deal with your feelings of trauma going through the religious aspects of your life or just the social aspects. And so if you want to be a part of that group, uh, it has a forum community that he has set up so you can ask questions, get support, and make connections with other students. And the course itself is a 10-day journey to create a systematic and practical plan that you will practice daily so that you can begin to heal. And the Wipeout Trauma link is on the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. If you are listening to this podcast and are questioning whether you can be gay and be in a relationship with the God of your understanding, if you identify as LGBTQIA+, are not even sure if you're gay, God has always been within you, even when you didn't know it. You have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. Stay tuned to see how you can join the Gay With God community. And as always, you are loved. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. 
deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.